Hi, I'm Dr. Shante, and welcome to Believing Bigger Podcast. I am so pumped about this last in the pod class series. So this literally is the last pod class, okay, where people get to respond uh, for the year. First of all, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I actually meant to do this a couple of episodes ago. But I remember a while back, I had asked you guys to review the podcast. And silly me, I never really went back to see if anybody had done it, okay? I never went to see if anybody had taken the time to review the podcast. And so I happened across the reviews a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, y'all gonna make a thug shed a tear? Like, I was legit, okay? Had that one gangster tear rolling down my cheek. I was like, thank you so much. I mean... From South Korea to the South, down South, okay, from coast to coast, y'all just loving on me and listening to me, and I thank you so much for that. You all truly, truly blessed my heart, and so thank you for for posting those reviews. Thank you for sharing it with others. Thank you for listening to me drone on for 30 minutes a week. I just really, truly do appreciate you with all my heart and soul, and so this in the last of the pod class series is titled what's my name okay and if you haven't already of course i'm going to throw in my plug for the 12 if you need accountability transformation personal growth mindset all the rest of it going into 2018 because we start in january okay so start thinking now about what that's going to look like for you okay what kind of year do you want to have i always tell people two questions when it comes to thinking about things like mastermind coaching or groups or whatever the two questions i ask is how far do you want to go and how fast how far and how fast because studies have shown when you try to be by yourself of the army of one the solopreneur that is that is a struggler's game okay it really is a struggle and the struggle is real and some of you already know that so how far do you want to go how fast think about joining the 12 go to dr shante click on the menu work with me and you will see all of the information about mentoring so this podcast episode what's my name like Rihanna, right? No, I'm kidding. Different, different context. So this is coming from Proverbs, our guiding thought today, 22 verses 1, 2, and 9. And it says this, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed or respected is better than silver or gold. Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. Verse 29, do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men or random men, a bunch of nobodies. And so what's my name? What we're going to be talking about today is number one, what's in a name? Okay, what's in a name? Reputation can open greater doors than money. Number two, the great equalizer. Okay, so we have a great equalizer and you ought not to sell yourself short. Number three, we will end with building your name because your gift will make room for you. So let's start here, believers. What's in a name? What's in a name? And the Bible, God has taken great pains to make sure that we understand quite a few things about his own name. So let's look at God's name for a second and some of the things that he says about his own name. So what's in a name? Exodus 27 says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And you know, so many people do that. They'd be like, God, dog, it got this, got, 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 got. Or I was in work the other day and somebody was like, Jesus Christ. And I was like, oh, I work in a public institution. I have to pick and choose my battles. But, you know, God is like, look, 
Don't do that, okay? Exodus 20, verse 7 says, don't do that. Philippians 2, 10 through 11 says, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Exodus 3, 13 through 15, and this is where we have Moses. Remember, this is actually where we started the podcast. Moses did not want to go and rescue those people. He said, what you asking me for? And so here in verse uh, chapter 3, 13 through 15, he says, if they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. In Acts 4.12, the Bible says, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So pretty much if you're not coming in the name of Jesus, you do not have salvation. The Bible says there's salvation in no other. And so a lot of people will try to tell you that, that there's so many, there's so many ways to God. There's just so many ways. Okay, well, that depends on what you believe. Okay, and if you believe the Bible, Acts 4.12 say, no, it ain't. Okay. And so Revelations 1, 8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. So what's in a name? A name is very important. God has gone through great lengths to make sure that you recognize what his name is. And so here in our text, our text says that a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed or to be respected is better than silver or gold. In the last podcast, I brought up Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein got a lot of silver and gold. He's a rich man, but think about his name right now. Bill Cosby got a lot of money, but think about his name right now. R. Kelly got a lot of money, but think about his name right now. So it says, what's in a name? A good name is more desirable than money. And so sometimes when I'm putting together the podcast, I will read commentaries. I don't think you guys realize the work that it takes to put these things together. Okay. So I make sure that I do a deep dive into the word so that I make sure that I'm giving you what thus says the Lord and not what Shantae thinks. And so one of the commentaries that I looked at is from Benson and Benson's commentary puts it like this. It says, we should be more careful to pursue and to do those things by which we may obtain and retain a good name. So not just get a good name, but keep a good name, okay? For great riches bring great cares with them and expose men to danger, but add no real value to a man. Think about that. You could have a million dollars in your pocket, but what value does that add to you? Money doesn't make you. And if you think it does, you're doomed from the start. You're broke. (laughs) Poverty is a mindset. If you think that money is what makes you, you're already broke. It says a fool and a knave may have great riches, but a good name, which suggests a man is wise and honest, redounds or gives credit to the glory of God and gives man a greater opportunity of doing good. It says a fool can have great riches. How many fools you know with money? I don't want to put them on blast, but you know, y'all remember Allen Iverson? Remember folks used to have the Allen Iverson braids? Okay, Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson was known a known frequenter of the strip club. And what did he used to do? Just, he had just left so much money up there. I mean, just, you know, making it rain tens of thousands of dollars. And where is he now? And what does he have now compared to what he could have had? So a fool can have riches, but not necessarily a great name. And then it says that great riches bring great cares. What did Biggie say? More money, 
more problems. More money, more problems. Because when you have more money, you got more taxes. When you got more money, you got more people in your face. Hey, can you help a brother out? Can you help a brother out? Can you help a brother? Can you help a brother? Can you help a brother? When you got more money, you got family members coming, swinging from the vines, coming in like, hey, could I stay with you? Hey, could I, let me hold some. Hey, when you got money like that, trust me, you get a lot of attention. Okay, so don't think that money is, is, the, is the key, the answer to all your problems. When you got more money, you definitely got more problems. And so Benson's commentary kind of brings the point home that a good name can open doors that money cannot. This is why I always tell my clients, believers, I've said it many times in this podcast, you need to chase credibility rather than riches. You need to chase credibility, chase being good or a master at what you do, because credibility opens the door for riches. How do I know? Ladies, how often have you walked up on another woman? You don't know her from Adam. Who did your hair? Who did your hair? What you want? You want that name. Why? Because the quality of the work makes you want to know who did that. Oh, girl, your face is beat to the cheap seats. Okay, as my makeup artists like to say, I'm going to beat you to the cheap seats. Who did your makeup? Because why? The quality of the work means you want to know the name. Who did that? Uh, where'd you get that dress from? Girl, I love that. You want to know the name of the store. Who do you recommend for this? Or who do you recommend for that? When you're asking for recommendations, you know what you're asking for? A name. A name. What's in a name? Money <laughs> is in a name if you're good at what you do. Riches and respect and honor is in a name if you're good at what you do. And let me say this, and I'll say this a little bit later in the podcast, but it's not also just always just being about good about what you do, but it's also about how you treat people. And we'll get there too. But people will ask you, how was your experience with so-and-so? So even if you are good at what you do, if you got a bad attitude, people are going to ask, how was your experience with so-and-so? A good name is why companies have hired employees just to monitor complaints on Twitter. I dare you to hop on Twitter right now and say something about Verizon. They're going to swoop up on you. Hey, hey, hey. My family, we went to Universal Studios over the summer in June. And my mom, I told you guys, you know, she has lung disease. And so she, she has oxygen. And so, you know, she can't walk very far. She can't walk very fast. And so we had gotten to a point, and you know how theme parks are. It's nothing but walking, right? So we had gotten to a point and she needed to refuel her oxygen because it's like a little backpack that she needs to charge up. And so we asked at Universal Studios, could we charge up in one of the gift shops? And they were like, no, we can't do that. And so, you know, I went straight to Twitter. Then they swoop up in the DMs. They slid up in the DMs. was like, I'm so sorry. Can you call us and tell us about your experience? They've hired people to monitor that. Why? Because they care about their name. They just can't have you out there in these streets tearing up their name. Okay. They care about their reputation. Case in point, which is why my next point is you need to protect your name at all costs. You need to protect your name at all costs. I think I've told this story before, so forgive me if you've heard it already, and if you haven't, it'll be a treat for you. You know I teach English, English composition literature. Very famous story, The Crucible, about witch hunts and witch trials back in that Salem time period era. And at one point, this man was accused, him and his family were accused of witchcraft. And so you know how folks are back in them days. They came with the pitchforks and, you know, ready to burn them at the stake and things like that. And, you know, he was trying to protect his family. And he was like, look, we ain't had nothing to do with that. We're innocent of these crimes and so on and so forth. And so they went back and forth and went back and forth. And then eventually the leaders, the elders realized that he was telling the truth, that he was not guilty. But, you know, 
to please the townspeople, they needed a name. They just needed a name to throw out there under the bus and, and you know, to just make this all go away. And so he said, okay, you can put my name out there. I'll take the rap for it, but, you know, just leave us alone. Stop with the harassment. Stop trying to threaten my family and all this, that, and the third. And he said, okay. And so the elders rolled up to him with a sheet of, of, of with a contract that said, if you could just sign this confession, you know, it'll be all good. And he said, I'm not signing that. And he said, but I thought we had a deal. You said you would take the rap for it. You said, we, he said, yeah, I said that, but I'm not signing no document. And, he, and they went back and forth and they went back. He said, but you said you would do this. And he said, well, I did say I would do it, but I'm not signing that. And he said, well, why won't you? He said, because it's my name. Because it's my name. And I don't want to have a permanent record of something with my name attached to that. He said, it's my name. And so you need to protect your name at all costs. Oftentimes what I truly respect, because, you know, I'm one of those people. I can't buy a toothbrush on Amazon unless I don't read reviews. And so when I'm on TripAdvisor or Yelp or whatever, and you know somebody always going to complain, when I checked into the room, it was cold. I saw cobwebs hanging from the curtain, and I couldn't sleep that night. So I always appreciate those companies that will come underneath the complaint and say something like, thank you for bringing this to our attention. I'm so sorry. First and foremost, I want to apologize to you for any inconvenience and things like that. TripAdvisor, if you have a hotel on TripAdvisor or any sort of business on TripAdvisor or Yelp or what have you, if you want to keep customers coming through your door, you better have somebody that's monitoring those reviews and trying to see what somebody's saying about you. You have to. You have to protect your name at all costs like it's credit. Because once you have lost your name, it is so hard to get it back. How do I know? So they recently announced that uh, Justin Timberlake was going to be doing the Super Bowl halftime show. You know, I got that sunshine in my pocket. But you know our people, like an elephant, we don't never forget. Well, if Justin going to do the halftime show, he better be spending eight minutes apologizing to Janet Jackson. Because after that faux pas they did, uh, he threw Janet under the bus and her career ended and, her, and his career soared. Now, how true that is or not, I don't know. But that's that's once you done lost your name, once you done lost your, your reputation, even though black people voted for Hillary Clinton, they made sure to let her know, uh, look her here, you and your husband are the architects of mass incarceration and we ain't forgot okay we just want to let you know her name was out there dirty in these streets the clintons they got money but folks still throwing dirt on their name so what's in the name it's a lot in the name which brings us to the great equalizer the bible says okay in our verse today says rich and poor have this in common the lord is maker of them all and i say this to say believers don't obsess about where you started don't obsess about when you started. Don't stress about what you don't have and don't worry about what someone else has. Why? Because the Lord is maker of us all, which means if he can do it for one, he can do it for you. One of my favorite musicals. So I don't know if I told y'all this, but I'm like a little bit of a musical junkie. Like I am. I'm all about like the Broadway, the show tunes, song and dance. I really am jazz hands i love it i love it love it and one of my favorite musicals is ironically chicago right chicago and so i started doing some research about chicago so it's one of bob fossey's most favorite plays it's the most seen play in the history of broadway chicago has been done more times in more places than any other play that's ever been done and any other musical that's ever been done and when i looked at who were like the original characters of 
of Chicago. Like, who were the original people that brought it to Broadway? The three main characters, all of them, in its first run, were over the age of 40. One of them was over the age of 50. Singing, dancing, kicking, and all that jazz, all of that, over the age of 50. And sometimes we sit up here in our quarter-life crisis. Oh, I'm 32. I didn't miss my beat. Oh, I'm not going to be the top 30 under 30. Oh, I'm 40 and it's too late for me. When Sarah was complaining about her age, God said, is there anything too hard for God? He said, is there anything too hard for me? Tell me. The Lord is the great equalizer. Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is maker of them all. It doesn't matter when you start. It doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have. Okay, if God wants you to succeed, you will succeed. How do I know? Psalm 75 and 6 says this. Promotion does not come from the east or the west or from the wilderness or from Oprah. I threw that in there. Oprah ain't in the Bible. Okay. Verse 7 says, but it is God who executes judgment. He sits down one and lifts up another. Promotion don't come from where you think it come from. God makes a determination to will and to do what he chooses, with whom he chooses, whenever he chooses. Why? Because he can. God is the great equalizer. So he determines who was successful and who was stricken with poverty. The Bible says, the Bible says, Matthew 26, 11, you will have the poor with you always. You know what that means? We are always, always going to have people who have less than, always. And you better thank God right now, if you listen to this podcast, that you ain't one of them. Because you could be. You could have been a part of the random selection that made it on the other side of the tracks. But you're not. And so don't sit here and obsess about what you have, what you don't, and, and you should have got started a long time ago because the Bible says that it is God who makes those determinations. The Bible says he sits down one and lifts up another. You know what that means? He will sit you down. He will take your throne from you and put somebody else up in your place. Don't believe me? Ask Saul and David. That's exactly how it went down. So believers, regardless of what you have, or do not have materially, you always have God, which means you have everything. Think about that. Regardless of what you have or don't have materially, you always have God, which means you have everything. And you know, I want you to, I always tell people, I said, I want you to leave this country. I want you to get out and go do some mission work. Go to some of those villages in Africa and you roll up with something as, as banal as a snicker bar. And they're like, oh my goodness. They love the color. They love the wrapper. It's hot, so they can't save it. Okay, chocolate don't, don't hold up in those conditions. Bring them a bar of hotel soap. I'm not even joking. And they just marvel at it. The time that it takes to, to put those curves and the emblems in it, and they smell it, and they treasure it like it's gold. And they praising God, praising God, singing and praising God, and they don't have a fraction of what you have. But they have God and they know that they have everything because they have God. And so I want to ask you this question. This is my challenge to you believers. Okay, what's my name? My challenge to you is this. What if God was just waiting to see what you're going to do with what he's already given you? Some of us are sitting back and we're waiting for God to do something. We're waiting for him to manifest something. We're waiting for him to shake something up. How about he waiting on you to leverage what you have? Don't buy another class. What did you do with the class that you bought? Don't go to another workshop. What did you do with the information from the workshop that you went to? 
Don't buy another book. What information did you use from the book that you already had on the shelf? You always think you need another and another and more and more. What if God is just saying, I'm just waiting to see what you're going to do with what I already gave you because what you have is more than most. Is more than most. And what are you doing? You know, I, I gave some tough love to my mastermind group a, a couple of weeks ago, not a couple of weeks, a few months ago. I said, I said, I understand the frustration of having limited resources. I said, but tell me, how much Facebook costs? How much Instagram costs? How much Twitter costs? Nothing. Why? Because we're the products. We're, we're the asset. So if it doesn't cost you anything to be on these platforms and they didn't got so jiggy with it that now you can go live, which means if you got a message that you want to speak, if you got a chapter that you want to read fresh out the book that you just wrote, that means that at any time, if you have the time on your schedule, if you got 10 minutes, you got 10, five minutes, you got 20 minutes, you can get on right now and give that message consistently and build your audience. Are you doing that? but you're paying for a class and you're buying another book and you're going to this place and you're going to that place. What if God is just waiting on you to do something with all of these marvelous resources that he's giving you? Because in the places I'm talking about, you know, over in those villages where they're marveling at the soap, they don't have things like Wi-Fi, but you do. What you doing with it? Hmm. So I'm going to leave that right there. Humble beginnings. I love Issa Rae. God bless her. <laughs> okay. She rooting for everybody black. Bless her heart. I want you to go on YouTube sometime this week, and I want you to, to Google uh, Awkward Black Girl. That was her show. That was the show that she created. It had a cult following. She did a book behind it. But what I want you to look at is how it was taped. Because if you watch Insecure, which is produced by HBO, and look at Awkward Black Girl, baby, Started from the bottom, now we're here, okay? Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Awkward black girl, it don't look as polished. It don't look as professional. It don't look as slick and as cool as Insecure looks on HBO. But you know what she did? She used what she had. She had a pen and a pad. She put it to work. She got the camera that she had. She used the people that she knew, and she made these episodes. What if God is just waiting on you to, to do something with what he's already given you? You want your name to be great? Do something with what he's already given you. Which brings us to building your name. Verse 29 of our God in Thought says, Do you see a skillful man in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Let me read that again. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Brothers and sisters, believers, if you want people to know your name, you need to do excellent work. Napoleon Hill says, if you cannot do great things, do small things in a great way. If you can't do great things, do small things in a great way. If you want people to know your name, the Bible says, if you see a man that's skillful in his work, he will stand before kings and not just random folks. Your work will speak for you. The question is, what are you working on? How are you working on it? How much time are you giving to it? Do you spend the kind of time on your craft as you spend on some of the other things that eat up our time? Social media, television, things like that. So let me tell you about building your name. Great example, because I like tangible examples. I'm going to talk about Joseph for a minute. So y'all know Joseph, right? Brothers like sold him into slavery and all of that, right? So Genesis 39, 
21 says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. So Joseph got thrown in jail because the ruler's wife said, he tried to rape me. She tried to get with him. He was like, nah, nah, sis. I can't go. And so she cried rape and he got thrown in jail. But when he got to jail, because God was with him, because God knew he was there on some huckabuck, okay? The Bible says that Joseph got put in charge of the prisoners. So he wasn't just a prisoner. He was like the chief prisoner. He had a supervisory role and the keeper of the prison, the warden wasn't even paying attention to what Joseph was doing because why the Bible says the Lord was with him and whatever he did, who made it succeed? The Bible says the Lord made it succeed. Joseph did not let his circumstances dictate his service. And sometimes that's what we do. We find ourselves in a less than desirable situation. We didn't get the promotion we wanted, but we got uh, we made a lateral move. We didn't get the money that we wanted. We didn't get the job that we wanted. And so because we didn't get exactly what we wanted, then that dictates the quality of our service. Well, I'm going to just wake this out. Well, I'm going to just, you know, do what I can here, you know, and then I'm going to just, I'm, I'm looking for another job. I'm looking for another opportunity. I'm, I'm just, you know, because we, because we in our feeling. Joseph was in jail on trumped up charges and, he, and they say, we want you to be in charge. Oh, you want me to work? I'm an innocent man and you want me to work? He didn't say that. He said, okay, I'm going to do the best that I can because it's not about what you have. It's about who you are. If you're letting your circumstances dictate the quality of your service, you need to reevaluate some things. So let's move to Genesis 40. So while Joseph was in jail, he was interpreting dreams. So God had gifted him to interpret dreams. So Genesis 40 verse 9 says, Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my offenses today when Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. We dreamed on the same night. He and I each having a dream with its own interpretation. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each man according to his dream. Let me tell you something. They may not know your name, but they knew his what? His work. They didn't know his name was Joseph, but they knew he was a Hebrew and they know they could, could spot him out if they saw him again. So now Pharaoh had a dream and he was disturbed in his dream and he could not figure it out. The cupbearer remembered that Joseph had interpreted his dream. And the Bible says that Joseph was there for two years. So he interpreted the cupbearer's dream and the baker's dream. And then two years later, Pharaoh had this, this going on. So this wasn't no overnight success, okay? This wasn't no just add water blessing, okay? Joseph was in prison for two years working. And then it says in verse 14, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him up out of the pit. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there was no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. So not only had Joseph built a name for himself, but he always consistently gave God the credit. 
gave God the credit. And so believers, if you want people to know your name, you need to work like you already have the job. Not wait till you get the job and then start working. Oh, well, when I get that phone call or when I get that opportunity, then I'm going to, um, then that's when I'm going to do this, this, and this. No, you do this, this, and this now. Okay. You work like you already have the job. I'm excited because soon I'm going to be sharing with you guys. Oh my gosh, I'm producing my first film. I'm actually excited about it. I can say that out loud now because like the, the contracts have been signed and the things are in place. And you know, I've had that moment just like I did at the beginning of this podcast. I'm like, I don't know nothing about no podcasting. I don't know nothing about producing films, but I know I got a story to tell. I know that. I know composition. Why? Because I teach English. If it's anything I know how to do is tell a story. If it's anything I know how to do, I know how to bring in ethos, logos, and pathos. Ethos means somebody that can verify the, the claims that are being made to support the thesis that I want to make in this film. Logos means somebody that can logically break down the claims that I want to say in this film. Pathos means somebody that can make you feel something and the things that I want to make you feel in this film. I know how to do that. I didn't go to college and get an MFA, and I don't have to because I know what God has given me. So I'm going to do what? I'm going to use what I have. If you want people to know your name, you need to work like you already have the job by using what you already have instead of trying to wait for the golden opportunity to come because the work is what produces the golden opportunity. You want people to know your name? Work creates the opportunity. Work is what makes Oprah call. One day Oprah gonna listen to my podcast and she gonna be like, you know, Keep my name out your mouth. No, she's not. <laughs> but but that's just the phrasing that we use. Okay, you know, we're waiting for that person to call. You want that person to call? You better get to work. And somebody like, oh, I know somebody that did that. Um, Let me see if I can find it for you. Okay, they may not know your exact name, but your gift will make room for you. That's what the Bible says. And so now we're going to end our last pod class. I actually have the, the the privilege of having my child in this room with me. So. My, my youngling, all of 11 years old. Let's hear her sage wisdom, folks. What did you get out of this episode, my dear? What I got out of this episode was, like, protect your name because, like you said, people can sabotage your name or try to make you look bad and stuff like that. So, and if you want your name to be known, like, a lot of people want to leave, like, a legacy before they die. Like, they want to be known as somebody because if they die without leaving a legacy, like, no one's going to remember them. So... If you want a legacy or if you want people to remember your name, you're going to have to work for it and you're going to have to put effort into making your name known and to building your brand. The Bible says out of the mouths of babes, <laughs> thou hast perfected praise. Um, so, yeah, that is my child. And, and all I can say after that is, is amen. OK, she brought up the term legacy. You know, we're not going to live forever. We're not going to live forever. And so. What are you doing with this time that's going to be remembered beyond your time, okay? And whatever that is, whatever that looks like, it is not going to manifest without work, okay? Without work. I think about people like uh, Diddy or Jay-Z or, you know, Dr. Dre or whatever. And for, for whatever their human, you know, faults or shortcomings or whatever are, the thing that, that always marvel, I marvel at is that they got all kind of money. They got that, that generational wealth that they can pass down and they are still hustling like they own their first million dollars. 
they got billions of dollars and they still hustling like they trying to make that you know so when you get fed sometimes we get comfortable and we stop doing the things that are necessary to grind just like in relationships you know they say whatever you do to get them that's what you got to do to keep them whatever you did to get that first piece of success you keep hustling okay that's how you build your name and it didn't come overnight i talked about last year how i went to the uh to the bad boy reunion concert and i was like man it was my college days but you know what that's 20 years later two decades so you have to kind of have a moment with yourself how long are you willing to put in the work and once you reach a, a level of success that you've never reached before keep working as though you are still trying to get that first big break so that's what i have brothers and sisters believers i have so enjoyed you this season in the pod classes um and we're going to end this on a happy note we're going to end probably right before thanksgiving and so if you have any questions comments takeaways hit me up at dr shante says don't forget to apply to the 12 and i will see you next time thank you for listening to believing bigger with dr shante if you have any questions comments or just want to follow dr shante you can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shante Says. Until next time, keep on believing bigger.